This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at BWG. For Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 42. This is the Hitchhiker's Guide to Patreon. I'm just kidding. Don't forget to bring a towel. My name is Nick Meaning Howell. The universe. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And that's right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be answering some questions from our lovely patrons. Thank you to each and every one of them. You guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for all that you do for us. Uh, if you are not a patron, it's not too late to join. You can go to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up. And if you sign up, you too can ask a question on this show. It's real simple, and then we'll be happy to answer it. It's a kind of an AMA format on the show. We do mostly want to talk about wrestling because it is a wrestling podcast, but we don't mind. You can ask us anything you darn well please. Ask about us. Ask about movies and TV and the world in general and whatever. We'll just wrap. Yeah. Let's have some fun. It's always a fun time. Uh, it's always a good time on the show. We always enjoy it. So thank you to everyone who asked questions this week, Nick. What are we looking at? Uh, we got a lot of stuff to do, Lots, a bunch of questions, but I want to kick things off with yes. uh, a bit of a somber moment, and then we'll finish strong Uh-oh. with the happy stuff. Uh, we did lose Regis Philbin today. Thank you very much, Kyle, for your $5 super chat for pouring one oh, out thanks, for the game show host, greatest of all time, Regis Philbin. Rest in peace. Mr. Philbin. Game show, Mor- morning show, yeah, just morning show. How to yeah. like? Well, what he did, kind the, of deal he did with- the millionaire, but he was mostly known for his morning show stuff. So, yeah, that's who wants to be a millionaire was like obviously that's what a lot of people saw, but he was also a morning. I mean, Regis I and never Kelly. really saw him in the morning, right? And then uh, Hoda later, right? But like, uh, yeah. I never really saw him in the mornings because I'm not a morning person. No. I don't know what devil he made what deal with to be able to get up and be that freaking perky. At that early in the morning. But the only time I'm that perky in the morning is when I had a whole bunch of monster the night before and I stayed up until 6 a.m. That's when I'm that perky and animated. I know he got a full night's sleep, so I don't. Hey, man. Mad respect. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And thank you, Kyle, for the five bucks. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, we got hey, a lot man. of stuff to do today. You guys know where to find all of our stuff. BWOPodcast.com for all the links or in the, they're in the description down below. Make sure you get into the Discord. If you want to ask your questions, head over and sign up for the $5 tier at Patreon.com slash BWO. Heads up again, Twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open. We're moving the live shows, including this one, over to Twitch starting next Saturday. So just a heads up. 
We're going to start putting that in the chat. We're going to put more links to it in. You can see it pinned to the Busted Wide Open discussion group in Facebook. We're going to put links to it in uh, in uh, Discord, on Twitter, everything. You guys will start seeing more of that. So uh, with all that out of the way, let's kick things into gear with Mr. Yes. With Edward. Starting us off, says, love the show. And Nick, I hope that shoulder is getting better day by day. It is. You know, Good. there's a funny little side thing here where we I, I'm doing PT on other areas as well, things that I've neglected over the years. And when you get when you get as old as I do, and hey. and you're as sort of in your computer chair for eight hours a day as I am, uh, things start getting a little ratcheted up. So I'm pulling a John Cena and focusing on mobility and flexibility. So there's knees and hips and back and all yeah. all kinds of... We actually got to the point where we completely forgot about the shoulder. It is fully rehabbed. Uh, I think next week we're going to... I'm in a month early. Um, I'm pulling a Cena. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a month ahead of schedule, and we're probably going to do a little... Come back for the rumble early? Yeah, yeah. Gonna, we're going to do a little bit, no of little bit of throwing next week. So we'll see. we'll mm. see just how good the shoulder is. Uh, but we'll keep you guys. Thank you for uh, for the shout out. I appreciate Nixon, that. Nick's going to come out of this being able to do the splits. He's going to be so flexible. Right. right. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good thing it's doing well. That's 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 his self pleasuring arm too, guys. Oh, so come you on. know, oh, come he's got he's got to get this. Got to get it rehabbed as soon as possible. Wow. Wow. Come you, on. Got to get back to you business. Went there. Holy smoke. Okay. Uh, my question is, how did you guys feel about Keith Lee relinquishing the North American Championship? Do you think that him actually defending it and dropping it in a match would have tainted? His NXT championship, I thought he could have dropped it in a triple threat, two falls match, and then retained the NXT title in the same match. What say you? Yeah, that's one option. I totally. I I, I do. It, it did feel on paper too soon. It felt arbitrary. It felt silly to have all this build towards the double title, and then for him to just kind of arbitrarily relinquish it. Um, they did a good job of explaining it. Keith Lee sold it really well, and obviously, you know, it's it's why mic work is so important in this business. Is talking people into seats is one of the most fundamental aspects of pro wrestling, yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, a lot it's of combat sports in general these days. Right. Um, so, on, from that aspect, like they were able to allay most of my concerns and doubts about their their idea behind that like I, I i felt better about it after hearing keith lee promo it and give give context for it and put it in storyline like all right fine could they have found another way to do it yes a million times yes they absolutely could have and probably should have but the reason they didn't i feel is because they want to rush this carrying cross program and they can't wait on it they've already got a two set up we've got to go on this and they don't want to have both belts around carrying cross because he wouldn't relinquish one. He doesn't have that kind of character, right? This was good for Keith Lee's character to say, I'm magnanimous. I'm letting people have a shot at this belt. Carrying cross would be like, no, nah, these, these are all mine. Screw you. He's not going to relinquish it. And you can't have carrying cross get beat for it. Even in a triple threat or something like that, like that's going to diminish him as well. If he's in a match, he should be destroying at this point. That's what they've built him to be. That's what the, they're presenting him as. Right. Having Keith Lee drop it, you could have if Karrion Cross was debuting next week. And we had a few months to work up on this. Karrion Cross has already debuted. The cat's out of the bag. He already threatened Adam Cole. We know he's gunning for the championship. you got to get that secondary title 
off of Keith Lee as soon as possible. So Karrion's only going for the NXT title, and he's not sitting here going, actually, don't relinquish it. I want the, the North American Championship. This is, they set this up perfectly for a quick program. The only downside I'm seeing, Nick, is that a quick program might mean Keith Lee's only going to have this championship for a month. And that's a problem. That could be a problem, unless they call Keith up to the main roster really quickly, which also could be a thing. We might look back on this in two months and be like, they did that perfectly. We might look back on it in two months and been like, man, they kind of did our boy Keith dirty. I've been saying for a long time now Keith's on the fast track and that I, I have a hunch he could win the Royal Rumble in, in, at the end of next January, uh, which is a mere four months from now, right? We're four or five months away. It's not that far away. So in the confines of that, I'm also, at, until they're, I'm told differently, I'm still expecting them to have a three-brand Survivor Series again. And that is where this all started eight months ago, nine months ago, at Survivor Series, was with, with Keith and his appearance there and getting those spots with Roman yeah. and all of that stuff. So we've seen the rise. We got him strapped, which a lot of people poo-pooed me saying that too. But I'm I'm sitting here going, yeah, we don't have a lot of time to work with. We've only we've got SummerSlam and then we've got the Survivor Series takeover, whatever that's going to be. That's kind of about it. So I think it'll be two matches. I think he somehow drops it the night before, but somehow is also on the NXT team for Survivor Series, and that's kind of the launch pad. And we see him go and do really well, if not win the Royal Rumble, and he's on the main roster. I kind of hope that he has an escape, like they yeah. have a way out of. Like they don't have him drop it in the first match against Karrion Cross. Like he has, he has a way out. A Dijak redemption could come in and save sure. him. Yeah. Smosh finish. Sure. Something. Something where he escapes Karrion Cross that first match, drag it out a little bit longer. But um, if he drops it that first match because they just want to put Karrion over that that much, I'll get it. It just kind of sucks for Keith. Mm. So I agree. But yeah, I, but yeah. Yep. Agreed. Feels too soon, but Again, they're rushing things right yeah. now to get the to get to NXT uh, takeover. Got to keep those hot moments coming to keep those ratings up. So, and you want to do paper? <laughs> we're in a we're in a ratings war, don't you know? Yeah, especially on Wednesday yeah. nights. Yeah, that's what we're talking. Uh, which it, you know might counter my whole talking. argument is they want to keep the guy who's the big draw around. If you want to keep Keith Lee around for those ratings, you know who else is going to take that place? That pick up that mantle? Is it going to be Karrion Cross and Scarlet? WWE needs help all over the place boosting its ratings. Yep. Raw is. Raw is dying right now. Yep. SmackDown's holding steady, but Raw is dying, which is crazy because Raw's a better show. Yeah, it it's wild. It just happens to be three hours. Thank you very much, Edward. Next up, Brandon asks, uh, oh. says, hey, fellas, hope you're all doing A+. plus. I am. Thank you, man. Thank I you. hope you're doing A+, plus as well. Thank you, Brandon. With extra credit. Yeah. AP, AP class. A++. Plus plus. Uh, next, uh, he says, I was wishing, oh, that wasn't his whole question. I was listening to Dasha Gonzalez on Talk is Jericho, uh, and she mentioned a story where she wanted to be a backstage interviewer that got attacked and then became an in-ring performance. Great interview, by the way. Dasha gives great interview. She also has a great one with Chris Van Vliet uh, from way back before AEW Dynamite got started. Definitely check that out as well. She's got a great story. Uh, if that was to be used, what backstage interviewer would you like to be put in that position? Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Alex Marvez. Ooh. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't like know. Marvez Honestly. versus Archer, and he just comes out and gets destroyed, <laughs> but the crowd is still behind him because he's the biggest. He just turns Alex Marvez into a grease stain, and it's just over in two yep. seconds. Uh, I, honestly, this is tough because I think most backstage interviewers are backstage interviewers for a reason. Yeah. I don't want to see Kayla Braxton out there doing backflips, uh, 
you know, and, 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 and working in the ring, like that doesn't Charlie Caruso too. Like Charlie, Charlie's jacked. Charlie is low key jacked. If you, if you follow Charlie on Instagram or if you've seen her at all on Twitter, um, the woman is in shape, but she's also a great backstage interviewer. And it's, this is kind of the problem. And you can kind of see this across the board. If someone's in a role, it's hard not to see them in that role. And this is what we see a lot of times with people in WWE. They fall into a character and Vince can only see them in that character going forward. It's hard for them to break out of that. And it might be even harder with interviewers where you're not seeing them actually work in the ring. There's no way we know if Dasha, like was Dasha Gonzalez a good worker or did they decide to make her an interviewer because she wasn't a good worker and they're like you're better at talking than you are at at giving someone a suplex. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. So and I think a lot of these thing. a lot of these ladies uh, are hired as having TV experience or previous hosting right. gigs and things like that. I look at Sarah Schreiber, former host, hostess uh, I look at a Mackenzie Mitchell is coming out of a Man. you know communications degree and things like that. So there, there's Sarah Schreiber kills me. She kills me because she seems like a lovely person, and every time I've heard her talk, like just normally, she seems like she's smart, got a head on her shoulders, good person. And then, god damn it, she is the most robotic freaking. Her her transitions are the most rote robotic transitions. Strong words from Seamus. And now here I am standing with AOP. It's I'm like, you're woman, you're killing me. That's one thing that made Renee Young so good was she actually seemed like she was living it. She Charlie had a Caruso pulse. feels like she's living it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, wow, I can't believe Seamus said that. Um, well, uh, I'm shaken up, but I got to talk to AOP. They're here with me right now. Right? She had an emotional transition. Sherry Schreiber's just like, I am here, and wow, I cannot believe what just happened in the ring. Now I am talking to AJ Styles. It's not, it's so not that I, bad. So it's it's pretty bad. Um, and again, like I don't want to disrespect the woman. She's she's working hard. She's making that money. But she seems like a lovely lady. There, <laughs> but damn there it. is one that has done this that comes to mind, and it's Melissa Santos over in Lucha Underground, who has made that transition from ring announcer slash uh, interviewer that had a storyline that led to. Uh, her being yep. an in-ring performer, so but yeah, that's that's dangerous too. She showed how dangerous it is. You, dangerous it is. You get in the ring. Next thing you know, you're burying Brian Cage's baby. Yep. You know, it's just one thing to the next. <laughs> that being said, Brian Cage has got her on some workout regimen. She went from being in reasonably good shape to now she's in like scary good shape. Like even Charlie Caruso looks at her and goes, "Damn woman." Well, when you're Brian Cage, you have to go yeah. to the gym 17 times a day. So yeah, it's in, like how they hang in, out in quarantine. You just when you're that big and that you have to maintain that level of physique, you have to build a home gym, and you're just you live in the gym. So obviously, yeah, she's going to pick up on a lot of that. Plus, she's always been that kind of fit anyway. So she's been she's been kind of fishing up, but not like this, man. No, that's a good point. Fair enough. You seen her lately? Woman, woman is woman is ripped. Kyle with no. two bucks in the super chat says Charlie Caruso versus Zelina Vega with Angel Garza in a shark cage. You know, I wouldn't be too mad at that. Angel in a shark cage. <laughs> he just picked the lock. And you know how he'd pick the lock. It would just shatter in the presence <laughs> just of the Garza dogs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, Duke! 
<laughs> Don't make me use my key lock. Lock me like, <laughs> I will kill myself. Uh, there's one yep. example for that's, you, Brandon. There's been a couple. Of, I be, didn't. No, I'm out of Didn't that. Lillian Garcia have a thing where she was all she was? Didn't she get in the ring once for something? I mean, we've also had like commentary get in the ring. You know, Michael Cole mentioned on on SmackDown this week. Yeah, I, I was a competitor and I retired undefeated. And I, <laughs> I was like, yes, in the worst match ever at WrestleMania. Right. Uh, you know, obviously King Jerry the King Lawler doesn't count. He was a wrestler first, but you know. Uh, Ross, Jim Ross has been involved in in-ring stuff. Like, it happens. It happens. And you know what? It's very rarely, if ever, good. Jonathan Coachman, he was involved in in-ring stuff. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Right? It's it's not good. I When someone says, can we have commentary get in the ring, I go, oh, there's a reason they're commentary. Right. right. So. Thank you very much, Brandon. Hope you're doing well as well. Well, well as well. Well, also. And yes, Jay. Jay, congrats on Garza's wedding. Uh, Angel Garza did actually get married in real life. Yeah. He he proposed back in NXT, and now they're actually married. Awesome. Congrats, Mister. But it's Garza. but it's okay because Garza dong is for everyone. Yes. <laughs> it's enough to go around, ladies. Don't worry. Oh God! What what <laughs> have we done? What have we started? Next up, Yardy asks. He, he started it. He started it when he ripped his pants off. Well, Finn, ac- Finn actually fault. started it, but well, that's that's true. Uh, Yardy says, "Hello, lovelies. I hope everything everybody's having a great weekend." Same. I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you notice that Finn came down to NXT right when Angel went up to to, to the main roster? They couldn't have that much dong <laughs> on one brand. <laughs> they were like, "This is too much. It's too much. We can't." They'll be the people will be passing out in the crowd. Ladies, men, just. <gasps> Oh, my. oh, I got the vapors. Oh, my goodness. That man, put, put put that package away. Stop. He's thrusting at me. Oh, my soul. I think we might have to make Sorry. a T-shirt. Uh, Garza Dong is for everyone. <laughs> Only if he approves. All right. Only if he approves. We'll, we'll hit him up. Be like, hey, man. <laughs> so we like talking about your dong on our show a lot. Yeah. <laughs> your bulbous package. <laughs> We like talking about your trunk meat. Oh, God. we can't help it. Can we do a shirt? <laughs> he's gonna be like, we'll, we'll, he's gonna be we'll like, give you ten percent. <laughs> sick bastards. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, and we're called busted. What? At least we're not called going in raw. Oh. If we were, <laughs> if we were Steven Larson, we were talking. Hi guys. Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Sorry, we were talking about Yardy. Yardy, sorry. Uh, y- Yardy uh, wants everybody to have a great weekend. Uh, same oh, to you, thank sir. You, brother. Hope you're having a good uh, I was watching AEW, and most of the time they tell what matches are going to happen the next week, in my opinion, take away yes. a bit of the surprise of what could happen in the next week. Uh, mm. What are you guys' opinion on this? Stay awesome and be safe. P.S. She said yes. Thank you for the help. Hey! Hey! a hey! boy! Congratulations. Congrats. If you guys speaking of, missed speaking it, of uh, Yardy was asking marriage. us last week on the patron mailbag how he should best propose to his his lovely lady. And uh, apparently, it w- he was great success. <laughs> whatever, whatever he did, it worked. Yes, we would love Don't to know, know more. Did. Please tell us the whole story, uh, Yardi, either in Discord or in the bought Facebook group. Bought her a pizza and splurged for extra extra pepperoni, right. and that it worked. It was the double pepperoni the, that did it all. Ring. We're still making Garza. Do- I just can't. Here, here's the here's he hid the ring under the cheese, and she bit into it, and you know, yes, he had to buy her a new tooth, but at least he got a new wife. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, brother! In all seriousness, congratulations. That's that's awesome. Way to go. Nicely done. 
Um, what do you think of AEW laying the card out oh. in advance? Um, I'm not mad at it. They're trying to get people to come back the next week, right? The whole idea is, look at what we're doing next week. Look how good this card is. Come back and watch. Does it take away some of the surprise? Yes, but that's on them to include enough surprises. Like All they're giving us is the structural foundation. Right. They need to fill it with surprises, right? I'm, I'm, I'm making you a chocolate cake, and it's going to have vanilla icing. Okay, now it's there. Now, how are they decorating it? What else are they putting in that chocolate cake? What? Yes, I have been watching way too much of the Great British Baking Show. Cakes have layers, um, you know. I, I'm actually drooling. Uh, right. So it's there's a lot more than just saying what the matches are. Um, it's nice to be surprised with what the matches are and 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 have. But at the same time, I'm not gonna lie. I'm by contrast, frustrated when WWE seems to be like, we're just making matches on the fly in our show, and wrestlers are just arbitrarily saying, well, guess what? We're going to have a match right now. This week, Bailey made a number one contenders match for her championship without consulting anybody. That, that, kind, of, that kind of irritates me yeah. if I'm thinking about it in kayfabe. Like, if I just turn my brain off and I'm like, okay, whatever. All right, cool. Bailey's just making matches. But the fact that AEW is saying, no, we've got matches set, we have a program set, now if shit goes sideways between here and, and then, uh, you know, it is, that, that's, that's pro wrestling, I actually prefer that to just the WWE going on the fly kind of way, as, at least in terms of kayfabe and storylines. Yeah. Um, but in terms of surprises, like, I also... You know, when they say like, oh, so for instance, Moxley and Darby versus Ricky Starks and Brian Cage in a tornado tag match next week. We know we're having that. It made sense coming out of the angle this week that they would do that. Um, it makes more sense to me to make me excited to see this come to a head next week than to spring it on me on social media partway through the week or I get to next week's show and see it, you know, they announce it then, especially when I might not tune into that show if I don't know that match is going to be on that show. Well, to counter that, if I can, uh, yeah. what I, one of the things I do like, I don't like all the, the promotion from across social media, but I understand why they do it. they got to have eyeballs show up to, to turn the channel intentionally, right? You can't just have channel surfers go. you got to have the intentional people that are there to watch it. But what I do like is at the very top of every show, they run down what's up for the, for the night. What you're, what you're signing up for in the first 60 seconds of the show. Welcome, everybody, to AEW Dynamite. Here's what we got in store for tonight. Bang. They sure. run down the whole card real quick for you. And like you said, it kind of lays the framework, and you can kind of decide right there in the first minute, am I interested in this or not? Am I into the show? Yeah. Am I sticking around? I, I like I that. Come, I'll go get, I'm gonna, I don't like I'm the go over-promotion that leads up to oh, throughout the week that, hey, may, hey you don't want to miss it because if this is going to happen and eh, – Leave some of that for the show. Really? Yeah. I think they're trying to catch everybody. I, I think that they're they're doing it to try to say, hey, do you like Brian Cage? Hey, do you like Jurassic Express? Hey, do you like so-and-so? Check it out. It feels and this needy week, and desperate. Know, and this it feels like they're trying to promote a show. <laughs> Look what we have on our show. This week, special guest, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. It's how you promote a nightly show. You don't say, you're never going to guess who's going to be on the couch with, with Stephen Colbert tonight. It's, we're going to have Regis Philbin on the show tonight. Oh, wait, no, you're not, because he passed away. Um, real, real quick, over in the chat, though, uh, Sean 
said he's not happy they announced Warhorse match next week. And that's an interesting one because on my first reaction also was, ah, oh, yeah, because the Eddie Kingston reveal this week was so cool. It was nice and surprising. It was shocking. And he came out the gate hot and was like, damn, oh, Eddie Kingston, whoa. Oh, he's so cool. Warhorse, conversely, has been getting a ton of online support, a ton of people going, we want Warhorse, we want Warhorse, war right? So instead of saying, tune in, we might have someone like Warhorse. They're saying, hey, that guy that you all wanted, we're having him on. So that's why they're saying we're having Warhorse. They're, they're spoiling that surprise in the hopes they'll get more people to watch the show than they would get if they said we might have so-and-so on and it's going to be a surprise. Right. So that's actually a really good example of, of a time when promoting somebody, when you know they have groundswell support, when it's been vocal, Eddie Kingston didn't have vocal support to be on the show. He did, but not the not the level of Warhorse had. No. Right. I actually thought so, Warhorse was going to be the surprise to to open the show this week. And look how that worked out. Eddie Kingston got a ton of attention in hindsight when people saw him and went, "Oh crap, who's this guy?" Whereas Warhorse is already getting so much attention, and now they're going to tell everybody, "Hey, he's going to be on the show. Come check it out." Everyone's like, "Oh, cr they did it. Yes, we're going to we'll come watch." Do we lose a surprise? We don't have the surprise of, "Oh my God, it's Warhorse." Yes, but they get more viewers. Yeah. And they capitalize on that momentum. Yeah. Thank you very much, Yardi. Hope that helped. And congratulations again on your lovely fiance. Uh, next up, Martin asks, Hello, gents. Uh, this has been a hard week for me mentally, but the Discord mental health server has helped loads, as has listening to the shows. So thank you both. Thank you, Martin. Uh, that means the world, man. I'm glad you're getting some benefit out of Seriously. that. Seriously. And thanks to everybody that goes into uh, that channel and, and talks to everybody and participates in those conversations. Yeah, you guys Thank are you. awesome. That's, that's exactly what it was created for. Uh, due to being kicked out of our house last week, and I need to save as much money as I can to get a deposit for a oh, flat. Man. So this is going to be my last question for a while, so I figured I'd make it a half-decent one. Vince comes... Dude, uh, bef before he gives the question, Nick, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but hey, Martin, dude, be well and... and a oh, man thank uh, we will be here brother yep. the the server will be here we'll be here what you know best of luck best wishes man and 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 i hope that everything works out as quickly as possible and it's a really rough time out there right now so just sending lots of love your way yeah, man absolutely seriously like damn yeah. <laughs> i wish i knew someone in england that could give you a flat <laughs> i don't but uh hope it works out yeah dude. let us keep Send us posted let us know how things go man Please, please, and and totally understand about about the question, everything, dude. Totally understand. So he says, yes, uh, Vince comes yes. to you, Sir Ian Dangerous, yes. and says you have an yes. unlimited amount of money and total power. I buy Martin a flat over the. I buy him a flat with that. I'm sorry, unlimited amount. Of, sorry, unlimited amount of money and a total power over the division. Make the best yes. tag team division in the world. You can each choose two teams to add to WWE. Damn. <sighs> Does it have? Mm, it has to be like them right now, right? Because I would take Young Bucks five years ago, but I don't know if I'd take Young Bucks now. If that makes sense. Um, I my my gut wanted me to take Gorillas of Destiny, but they've kind of turned into just a more no, dickish version I'd, of the Usos. Ironically, I take the I take the Briscoes over. Oh, them. that's a good point. Yeah. You know. Um. I mean, you had the you know, revival. Uh, and you let it go. Killer, right? The revival, uh, Killer Elite Squad. If you reform them, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah. and Lance Archer. Oh, God. 
would be a sick tag team to bring to WWE, and Vince would have a hard-on for them. They're big and angry, and I love them. Um, You've got AOP already, and they're just... Yeah. Oh, no, we have to... So two outside of WWE. Mm. To bring, I mean, the, the North, you got... Impact's got some tag teams now. The North is sick. Motor City Machine Guns have reformed, but again, long in the tooth, but they still got some in the tank. Oh, man. It's funny because it's funny he asked this question because it is, and, and largely thanks to the Young Bucks having that, like, we're going to bring back tag team wrestling mentality for the last number of years. Everywhere except for, I'd argue, I'd argue New Japan is having like a hell of a tag team renaissance. Even WWE is begrudgingly uh, holding on to some really good tag teams. I would argue the New, the new Day. Might be one of the greatest tag teams in the world. Yeah, they might be one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and in a, a freebird style. And, and actually, I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on that in the Facebook discussion group. Is New Day one of the greatest tag team combinations, freebird style of all time? Because I think they're in the conversation. Uh, totally, they have to be in the conversation. They've nine so time WWE, champions now, right? Yeah. So many. look at WWE's tag teams. Like, yes, we're saying like. Right now, SmackDown has been just devastated because of injuries and whatnot. Um, you still have some monster tag teams in that company. Monster tag teams. And, and just on main roster, let's not even talk about NXT. So New Japan is actually the place, ironically, where the tag team division is the weakest. Yeah. AEW, as we were saying earlier, has like 16 viable tag teams. I- Impact's got like eight. Yeah, I was going to say six, seven. But yeah, eight. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. Eight. Slater and Rhino. Yeah, now we got that. Yep. They're back together. So, um, and, and again, that's not even including NXT, which has a bunch of tag teams that we barely see. And that's NXT UK, right? The Grizzled Young Vets. So we got, I mean, this, it's a huge, huge world out there for tag teams. So let's, Nick, can we pick two each to bring the WWE with their respectable tag division if, if that's the stipulation i'm not sure i would do something else where i unify the tag team titles and make it cross across all three brands maybe even uk as well you have total power over the division apparently yeah right? so that's the first thing i if, if i have total power that's the very first thing i'm doing is i'm i'm getting rid of the the brand split across the tag titles uh right. and i'm going to unify nxt smackdown and, and raw just like we have the women's tag titles and make them defend them across brands, and now you have a sort of mega tag division across all three brands. And really, right, and it's really highlighting how how terrible the brand split is. Is during quarantine, it's all being shot in the PC. It's all in the same place. You, you can't really tell the difference other than the colors of the set and the signage. And right now would be a perfect time. We're going to be in this for a while. Right now would be the perfect time to just do a sort of unification. Uh, of some sorts like that. So that would be the first thing I would do. And then if I had to pick two people to bring in, I would be looking for younger teams who are so, like, you, yes, you, you mentioned the Briscoes. Uh, they're not exactly a young team, but they're, no. they're very hot right now. <laughs> They've been around forever. They're very hot right now out amongst the, uh, do I say purist wrestling fans like the Yeah. But same with motor city machine guns. Yes. They're not young either, but they're really hot right now. But young bucks, they're really hot right now. They're not young either. They're not. They're no longer the young bucks. They're just the bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if I'd bring in any of those teams if I wanted to create the best tag division in the world. I'd, I'd I might scouting. bring in a younger team. Yeah. 
I'd bring FTR back for sure because they are so committed personally. Those guys are so committed personally to making tag team wrestling great that if I had total power over the division, I could bring them back with the caveat that like you won't be treated the way you were last time you were here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those guys, because they truly believe in tag team wrestling as a style of wrestling, I believe they'd be an advantage to any division. So I'd 100% have to take them back. Yeah, and, and Will made a good point. Butcher and Blade would actually work better in WWE than AEW, I believe. They would, but when I think, you know, all power over the division, I don't think about WWE style. Yeah. I'm just talking about, like, to add to the WWE tag team division, which is always already so strong, what other four teams could I bring in that would be really strong? Butcher and Blade would be really strong, but in a kind of Gallows and Anderson way where they're just kind of there. Yeah. I don't know if Gallows and Anderson really do bring that much more to a tag division. Well, I, this is, I this really is kind of know. my point is is take AEW's tag division that we rave about and and split it in three. Right? It's not a it's an apples and oranges comparison because then if you unify WWE's tag divisions across all three brands, you've probably got the same amount and the same amount of depth in a tag division as AEW has, if not better. Sure. So that, okay, that's kind of that's not the, that's not. I, I understand, not and I, it, it's hard to do this, and and I constantly hear the the talk about uh, AEW's tag division, and I'll, it is amazing the roster right. that they. I'm got. nailing. Yes, amazing. But I'm nailing your feet to the floor. I'm nailing your feet to the floor. Two tag teams to bring to WWE. I'd bring back Revival Two. and Gallows and Anderson. Wow, you would bring back Gallows. Yeah. man. Um. I would bring in Lucha Bros and Killer Elite Squad. Oh, Lucha Bros is a good one. Oh, <laughs> that's that's real. You know, I, I think I'm looking at private. Uh, maybe the North though. Maybe the North. But I'm, I'm looking at Private Party, and I'm going, no, that's just uh, Street that's Profits just 2.0. I'm looking at LAX. Um, things. I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the younger up and coming teams. That haven't yeah. really made, like I hope they give Ever Rise a story. I think there's there's something they could do with yeah. that. They could be another American Alpha esque kind of uh, a tag team. I, I just I love the idea of having all spoiled for choice. I, I guess is what I'm looking for. Yeah, it, it, I might take the North over Killer Elite Squad because of the youth. Yeah. actually, now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good question, Mark. Very that's very a, good, a, and and very best to you, sir. Thank you for, uh, for being such a good good fan and listener and always talking Seriously. to us. And I appreciate your message the other day that you sent to me. Um, yeah, and let us know how things yeah, go, definitely. man. I hope, I hope things keep one foot in front of the other. You got yeah, this, man. dude. You got It'll this. It'll all work out. Come on. Yeah. Believe in you. Next up, Billy, a gentleman. Hope all is well. My question this week is about Thank the ever-popular face heel turn. Some oh, yeah. wrestlers can do both quite well. However... Is there any wrestler you never saw being good as one or the other that actually ended up working out? Watching TNA and Impact as long as I have, I never saw AJ Styles being a good heel. That is until he went to New Japan. Now I see him being great as a face or a heel. Some guys I just never see doing a good turn. Others like Cody and Randy Orton or even Charlotte can flow between them with ease. Love to hear your thoughts. Stay phenomenal, everybody. I got a good one. Okay. Uh, this is a wrestler that when I was enjoying his heel run, I and they started to turn him face, I was horrified. Okay. I was like, there's no way this guy will ever be a face. He'll never be over as a face. 
don't you remember the last time he was a face? It was a debacle. You can't turn him face. It will never work. People won't cheer for him in that way. He's so much better as a heel. Uh, he gets all the heel mannerisms. He makes people hate him so much. Why would you ever turn him face? The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't believe it at the time. Uh, but, you know, he really quickly shut me up and was a great, uh, obviously, I mean, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to tell anybody what a face he was. No. Um, Kane being a comedy face, I never would have seen. I never would have seen that coming. If, if go, going through the Ruthless Aggression era and seeing this person be, it, it was always hard to determine it was he a face or a heel. Okay. Uh, I never, I never saw Super Cena coming. I never saw super mega, really? super mega hustle, loyalty, respect, neon green shirts coming. Uh, especially coming out of you know, Doctor Thugonomics mm. with the chain and the ba- basically a shorty G gimmick, um, baggy shorts, sneakers, baggy jerseys, and things like that. Backwards hat, the change, Thug Life, all of that stuff. If you had told me that five years later that guy would be the biggest superstar on the planet, I'd have told you you were crazy. Yep. I, that's one. I, I never saw 2011 two th- and beyond Cena coming. That, that's one that really caught me off guard. I mean, I got a big one that caught everyone off guard. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins. <laughs> Can kiss my ass. Hulk Hogan. That blew everyone's mind. Talking, talking about going back and are, forth between... We talk about a guy who, who was the ultimate babyface. Like Vince McMahon Superman. And then became the ultimate heel. There's a reason that ring was filled with trash by the end of his promo yeah. at Bash the Beach. Yep. That was a huge one. B- arguably um, biggest heel turn of all ones? time. Uh, yeah. And then making the, the triumphant return to face The Rock... You know, uh, Hollywood, the Hollywood turning in the ring, the turning, yeah, just a single turn. I guess never would have seen, never would have seen all that stuff coming out of if you were just into say your prayers, eat your vitamins, right? Um, More recently, I'd never thought Sami Zayn would work as a heel. Mm. Yeah, I was shocked they turned. I shocked they turned him heel. I couldn't imagine him as anything else but a baby face. And conversely, Kevin Owens as a face is weird to me too. Still. Still doesn't <laughs> like I get it, but it doesn't quite compute. <laughs> Kyle says uh, the Dominic stuff blindsided it. me with Eddie. Uh, King Booker was also hard to see. I think those are two good examples as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Eddie had a couple of turns that were a bit shot. I don't know. By the time that was all going with Eddie, I'd seen him kind of go back and forth enough times where I believed it. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, I never thought Daniel Bryan would have been a heel, and it was short. It yeah, was short lived, but it worked. Yeah. I, it grew on me. It it was great. You watch some of his early stuff. Like he he's been heel. He's been going back and forth in WWE. Like yeah, no, I'm talk- I, I agree with you. I'm talking about that run after after Team Hell No, the run up to Occupy Raw, winning both the championships. At yeah, Mania. like after that, like you can't turn that guy heel, but he did right. <laughs> Somehow. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm thinking no. No one's really popping out. Those are all the big ones that are that just popped out at me. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. 
Never thought he'd be a face. No. But he seemed, he, he, you know, it worked. Yeah. Good question, so, Billy. Really good. Yeah, one. that's a that's a that's gonna be. I'm gonna be thinking about that one yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's gonna haunt me all night. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> let me run down the entire roster of every promotion since the 80s. Yeah. And <laughs> four in the morning, you're gonna see a post from me on Facebook, uh, the Facebook discussion. Going to be like, oh god, this person, of course. <laughs> we never did get. Th- I never saw China as a heel, but oh my god. We uh we 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 all kind of, and I think everybody collectively wanted to see Cena turn again at some point. That would have been an interesting thing. And there was a brief time that Lesnar was face. And it was weird, but it worked. Because you're cheering for a monster. Are you, ta- are you talking about Boombox? Right. Beast in the Box? No, it was. Uh, Beast in the Bank. It was after it Seth stole his title. He was kind of like, he was, well, no, I guess he beat up everybody. I'm trying to think when it was. It was around then. It was very brief. It was very brief, but people were cheering for him as a face. It was retro, maybe it was Rattery killed Cena. I got to go back and look. Yeah. Right around then. Well, I think that was mostly coming from fate. people's hatred of Cena, Super Cena at that point, and Brock killed him, well, and everybody exactly. was like, yay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> face, face by proxy. Right, exactly. Uh, Will says Triple H as a face never works. You know what? I got to disagree with you because I was the biggest Triple H mark around the year 2000. The big, and, he was, and he came back from his uh, injury as a face, and I popped like crazy when he came out to Madison Square Garden. It, I, I maybe could see if, if like you're talking about long term, like he, they couldn't keep him a face, but man, yeah, I cheered for that guy like crazy back in the day. So he was a face to me, <laughs> still real to me. Thank you, Billy. Yeah. Uh, next up, the innovator okay. of the moment of positivity himself, the mop man, yeah. Mr. Sean Clark. Hope every one of you out there see. And just God, this is why he's the mop man. Hope every one of you out there find yourselves doing well, being loved, and being happy. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, too often, those are tough to find, but never stop looking for them around you. I promise they're there. Mm. Well said. Well said. So what are your favorite younger life uh, memories? Mine would be that I was at the show in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where The Rock delivered Stone Cold's eulogy, and Stone Cold <laughs> drove the monster truck over the hearse. Much love, fellas. Nice. Um, nice. In Charlotte... We, we got a lot of wrestling in Charlotte growing up in the 80s, and a lot of it was territory-style stuff where it was more about the names than the brand. So we would have... Uh, we had Charlotte Coliseum, which before you ever had where the Hornets played in Charlotte, you had mm. Charlotte, the Checkers, the little hockey team, plays there now. Um, but it's still there on Independence Boulevard. Uh, Charlotte Coliseum, we had Dusty Rhodes come through, we had Ric Flair come through, and it was it was set up like, I remember in the newspaper as a kid, going at the back of the sports section, you would have, it would look like old boxing promos. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, with the flyers where they would, yeah, right, and it, yeah. there would be like a half page or a full page ad, and it would say like Ric Flair fighting Iron Sheik, or Dusty Rhodes fighting yeah. so like it would be those kinds of, uh, sort of either mid-south guys or uh, what would eventually you know just territory stuff coming through Charlotte. Charlotte was a hotbed of wrestling in in the eighties. Sure, um, and it, with Atlanta. Uh, so yeah, and Mem- Atlanta, Memphis. There was like that tri triangle of Memphis, Atlanta, Charlotte, and that was sort of its own little territory there. But coming through Charlotte, literally once a month, there would just be it would just be wrestlers, not a company. Not uh, not the next WWF show or the next AEW show. It was you. You had a bout between two sure. names, and that's really what. So that's what we would go watch on Saturday night. 
Thursday nights and Saturday nights, I think, is uh, is when they would do this. That that's probably one of my like youngest memories of that's wrestling. Good stuff. Do you remember any of the cards? Like who was there? No, I mean, some of the names that I, I I saw: Sheik, I saw Flair, I saw Dusty. Uh, I want to say Piper. Nice. But I mean, uh, we were we're up in the nosebleeds. Like they look like little ants. Doesn't matter. But, I, but still, I, you were there. get to see it, and I'm eight, ten years old. Yeah. Yeah, but mostly we see, went there for I'm, the monster truck rallies, and then well, yeah, like, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, exactly. Sunday. Yeah. They had to they had I, to clear the ring out on Saturday shows because yeah, <laughs> Bigfoot and <laughs> yeah coming through the the next day. Yeah, I I yeah I went to one monster truck rally when I was a kid, and it was it was pretty brief, and I barely remember it. It was when I was really young. Yeah. But that's the thing is, so uh, I'm a West Coast kid. I grew up in the Bay Area, and pretty much the only wrestling you have there is at the Cow Palace. Yeah. Legendary place, and though. my and my parents were not wrestling fans. I was the, I was sneaking in the wrestling on Saturday mornings to watch it. Um, I never went to a show when I was a kid. My parents were taking me like the Ice Capades and Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus and the Renaissance Fair. Like I wasn't going to wrestling shows. One of the dog show one time, you know, or car shows. We go to lots of car and boat shows, right? Didn't go to wrestling shows. Yep. Um, so I actually did not see a live wrestling show until the late nineties when I took my own ass, <laughs> see a wrestling show. Um, you know, it would be one of those things where like I was raised in a household where I'd be, I, I would get caught watching wrestling. And the first thing I would hear was, you know, it's fake, right? You know, they're not really hitting each other <laughs> as my mom's walking through the room. So that was, yeah, I never, I didn't see a live show until much later. It was no, there was no childhood live shows of wrestling. I'm afraid. Yeah, somebody um somebody take the initiative, put up a post um uh up in the Facebook group or on Discord or something. I'd love to hear all of you guys' stories as well. Seriously, I like I mean, there's a lot of great ones out yeah. there. Um, what was your first wrestling I, I will, show? What was your uh, fondest childhood memory of of wrestling? Something like that. I will never have kids, but my sister's got two, and when they are of age, they go into wrestling shows. Yeah. My best friend in the world, Hilton, uh, Brian Hilton from uh, Going in Raw, has two little girls, and they're getting into wrestling. Nice. We'll take their assets as shows. So I'm going to pass it on to the next generation. But nice. Yeah, I didn't get to. I didn't get to. Thank you very much, Mr. Mop Man. Thanks, Sean. Uh, next up, Will. Uh, to you, piggyback brother. off some of the comparisons with the whole match and ending of Cross versus Dijak and the Lee Staredown, any Sons of Anarchy fans in the house? Yes. Mm. That whole deal reminded me of Opie telling Jax, I got this, and spoilers, getting wrecked in prison. I, God, Will. <laughs> I did not put that together, but I'm going to be a mess now for the rest of the night because you just <laughs> did that. For, I don't, I don't oh. read these in advance, guys. Ian reads them right before the show, but I, I intentionally don't read them. But you just, I like, gl- I glance over them quickly to know if there's anyone who's going to who's going to pop a fast one on us. So the point that he's trying to make, and it's been five, six years now, so I'm not worried about spoiling anything. Uh, there is a moment where. Um, there is a rival gang or a rival group that the sons are going up against and they're trying to tell the whole story. They're, they're trying to get Opie out of prison and they're in this prison fight, right? Trying to get out of prison. They're all in there. And that was one of the, there were several moments throughout that series, throughout that show that were just, it's okay to man cry. This, this is, this is okay. Uh, the ending of season two where they take his kid and things like that. Right. So this one where Opie is basically, they're trapped. They can't get to him. They're beating him up. 
And Opie's locked inside of this solitary cell looking through uh, some unbreakable glass, and he just looks at the leader of the gang and goes, I got this. Stop. You stay. And, yeah. I, Will, I did not put that together until you just said that, but, yeah. Mm. Oh, man. I thought He says, I thought this segment came close to that feeling and effect in the moment, and I also thought for a moment they were going to have Cross literally forearm Dijak into unconsciousness, a la Sons of Anarchy. What say you guys if you're familiar? Yeah. Well, that's what Nick says. <laughs> I Unfortunately, I only ever watched a few episodes of the show. I did try out for the show. I auditioned for the show back when I had a motorcycle and much longer hair. I but, would have fit uh, in right, perfectly right now. You would have pff, right now, yeah. And I can ride a motorcycle. Put some, so I, <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're ready. You're primed for it yeah, now. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. Five, five, six years too late. Oh, well. I wish I had, I had known I had that DNA in me to grow a beard like this back then. <laughs> there are pictures of me out there pre-beard. You guys can probably find them. They're they're adorable. Yes. Thank you, Will. Dude, spiky, spiky gel, yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah, Owens' yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you don't need no, no, no. We don't need to do it. Oh, no, no. No? It's a little soul patch. <laughs> little, little chin strap beard. Little chin strap yeah. beard. <sighs> Good time. We get, hey, we both got, we both got embar- embarrassing pictures of ourselves out there, Nick. It's okay. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Uh, next up, Brian asks, hey, guys, no question this week. Okay. Oh. Wife and I are moving today, so can't listen live, but wanted to pass along a hello and well wishes to everyone. Hope everyone is doing well and healthy. Once this move is completed and get everything unpacked, I should actually have more time to participate in the awesome Discord chats. Nice. Thank you, Thank you for putting over Discord. Uh, can't wait until the move to Twitch either. Finally, just wanted to say thanks to Ian for mentioning the film Tigers Are Not Afraid a while back. I watched it, and it was one of the few movies to stick with me for yeah. a while that I even used it in an article I wrote for a horror website. Cheers to all the phenomenal ones. And remember, those who dream by day are cognizant of many things which escape those who dream only by night. Nice. Well said, well, sir. said indeed. Nice. And good luck on the move. Good luck on the move. That's yeah. never fun. Yeah. That's not moves suck, yeah. especially those country ones. Yes, as Nick knows. Um, but yes, that film is awesome. Tigers are not afraid, but just just brace yourself. It's a. Uh, is that on Shutter or where would I go? It's watch a lot. That? I watched it on Shutter. I don't know if it's still on there. Okay. I have not. Um, I haven't looked in a while, okay. so I'm not sure. I'll look it up. It's out there. I need a good horror yeah, movie. I haven't had one in a while. I don't know if that's what I think you would be looking for with that. Okay. It's, mm, I don't know. I don't know what you think about okay. it. Okay. I'll, I'll give it, it a with shot. An open mind. Don't, don't go expecting like a horror movie. Like, did, you, did, you, did you see like Hereditary, Nick? Uh, it's on the list. I have not seen it yet, though. Okay. Oh, never mind. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Good luck with the move, brother. Um, good stuff. Yeah, good luck, brother. Next up, Kyle, Mr. Line Drive yes. himself. With the success of Slammiversary and its subsequent episode of Impact, I've officially made it a point to have Impact on my weekly watch card for the first time since that failed move to Monday nights. Uh, And one of the things that caught my eye in particular was how they use characters. Just to give an example, the WrestleHouse promo package they made had me asking who is Rosemary and about the relationship with Taya Valkyrie and John E. Bravo, all off her simple use of we to refer to herself. Mm-hmm. This led me going down this rabbit hole on YouTube to learn more about her history, uh, which seems like what would oh, happen yeah. if WWE landed the plane on any of Bray's characters. So my question this week is: What do you think of WWE? What do you think WWE and AEW could learn from how Impact presents and develops their characters, particularly with the likes of an Abaddon, Dexter Loomis, or Fiend 
that start off visually striking in one note but have to develop more layers to have that level of staying power like Impact has done with Sue Young, Susie, and Rosemary. Yeah, it's so weird to see Sue Young not be the evil undead bride anymore. Um, but what a cool character arc. And agreed with the, with the whole Rosemary thing. Like People that didn't see that happen, and not many did because no one was watching Impact at the time, yeah. missed out on a really, really out there, like, you know, Broken Matt Hardy or beyond level. And I think that's probably what inspired them is that was, you know, Broken Matt was doing his thing around the time that started. Right. Um. So that probably inspired them to just go completely ham on it. Also, Lucha Underground was doing its thing at the time as well. And I know we bring it up a lot on the show, and probably people out there are like, oh my god, they're bringing up Lucha Underground again. But I, I really do think, especially with a lot of the cinematic stuff happening these days, that Lucha Underground is going to be looked back on as being a watershed in pro wrestling. And it's going to be highly influential and way before it's time. Yeah. It just wasn't managed by good business people. Correct. You know, you can't pay wrestlers $4,000 a year and then tell them you can't wrestle for anybody right. else. That's not, that's not how it works. Um, but that being said, you look at some of the way out there storylines in Lucha Underground. You look at Rosemary and Sue Young. Yeah. Th those are great examples. And when I look at Bray Wyatt, when I look at Dexter Loomis, you're, Kyle, you're right where I'm at. When I look at Bray Wyatt and I break down his WrestleMania match, when I break down the Swamp match, I'm sitting there looking at other examples of times they've worked with characters in other promotions that they've landed the plane. It's possible to do. You can have a high-concept character. You can have a, a really out-there, goony, science fiction or fantasy or horror theme, and wrestling fans will go with it. We'll go there with you. Because I think a lot of a lot of the old school guys still think of wrestling as being like you were talking about, Nick, where it's a card, right? It's an actual match. It's you have to be completely yeah. realistic. It's about, but it's not. It can be whatever the hell you want it to be these days. And wrestling fans are so used to just TV in general. We'll go down the rabbit hole with you. Yeah. You know, Tell I think about story. the Marvel movies. Remember the Marvel movies? Like when they started off, it was very much it was it was just Earthbound, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, after the couple of movies, you have a god involved. But the, okay, there's gods, but we're gonna mostly keep it kind of earthbound. And then now you've got aliens and intergalactic and time travel and all this, all this crazy stuff in Marvel movies. But it started off very small and simple. People will go any crazy place you want as long as you make them believe, right? It's not about who you are; it's what you present to us and making us believe that. You know, we don't. We don't walk into a movie theater and get distracted because they put Will Smith's name up in front of the movie and all of a sudden they've killed the immersion for us. No, we know we're watching a movie where Will Smith is playing a character and he's going to take us along this ride and he's going to punch an alien in the middle of it. And we're going to be, in, we're going to be entertained. We're going to buy into their world. So it's just a matter of WWE allowing the characters to land the plane the way that they have an impact and, and Lucha Underground and being brave and not holding back and, and frankly, not stop starting the angles. Bray Wyatt right now is positioned in a place where if he's allowed to, he could make this Fiend character continue to be interesting, have all these layers to the character, to the storylines, have him affect other things within WWE as long as WWE is willing to stand back and let him do that. The way that Sue Young and Rosemary interact with each other in Impact. You're allowed to change each other's characters. You're allowed to have influences on the rest of Impact. Yeah. Right, Lucha, things that happen in Lucha Underground affect all of Lucha Underground, and that's okay. Allow it to happen. So, I, I total, totally agreed. 
like WWE just needs to let these characters breathe the way that the other companies let them do. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I, you guys have heard me say many times, I'm a fan of wrestling mostly not because, well, I mean, there's big dudes hitting each other. It's sort of circus-esque, right, in sure. that respect. But what really hooked me uh, in the late 90s was the drama, the soap opera yes. aspect of yes. it, the sports entertainment aspect of it. Um, I, can, I can go to any wrestling promotion now and get wrestling. Yeah. What I can't get everywhere is solid storytelling, character development, and soap opera. But I think what Kyle is saying here is these are outside of the realm of like reality. Sure. No, I know what he, I right? know what he means. All these, all these characters could be outside of the realm of reality a little bit or have supernatural stuff. And a lot of people look at WWE and say, oh, they can't do that. They're so realistic. I'm like, they had an undead warlock shooting lightning bolts and raising people from the dead in WWE. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. It's just they have to want to do it. They had Jeff Hardy... You know, I think someone said in the chat, he changed into his ultra instinct form in the middle of his match with Sheamus. And then he, you know, he magically changed back into Jeff Hardy at the end. They're willing to do magical stuff in WWE. They just don't consistently do it in the way that impacts and says, like, yes, there's a magical world, right? AEW as well. They haven't shown us anything that's not based in reality. You know, they're not literally saying Luchasaurus is a dinosaur. They've made that clear. Like, yes, we know he's a guy wearing a mask. He's actually a dragon. <laughs> but Abaddon, like, they haven't, they haven't, you know, put out any, like, otherworldly stuff in AEW yet. There's no magic, except for broken Matt Hardy, like, teleporting. Yeah. That's about it. That's about the only thing that they're willing to do. But it sh that alone shows they're willing to go there. If they wanted to have Abaddon being a blood-spewing demon, they could do that if they wanted. It's just, a, do you want to go there, AEW? Like, do you want to let her off the leash? Do you want to let Dexter Loomis off the leash in NXT? I don't know. We're we're you know? freezing the multiverse on on being the elite with, with Matt Hardy. So I, that's that's kind of getting there. And yeah. he's jumping in and out between different characters and all of this kind of stuff. So it, it, I, I they're willing to do. It. I agree with you. It's just it's just will. It's, it's just will and consistent yep. will and commitment. Thank yep. you. There you go. Thank Perfect. you very much, Kyle. Great great point. Uh, next up, Uncle Greg. Have you ever noticed? That Dwayne Johnson looks a lot like The Rock. Really? Yeah, he does kind of, doesn't know, he? Looks like the same guy. A little more jacked, yeah. though. A little more, little bigger. Yeah. A little bigger. In a role, Better in a role reversal, what are three actors you would enjoy seeing becoming wrestlers? Two male and one female. A tag team of Jason Statham and Cesaro would be money, just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Greg. Um, Barry Cesaro even more. Well, Mary Barry, Jason Statham, he's like, what, 5'7"? Yeah. Cesaro six four, <laughs> like maybe like mini Cesaro, maybe like Jason Statham in his final form. Um, Hugh Jackman, I uh, would be. I think he's a guy. He comes across. He feels like a Nick Aldis. He's jacked, at least when he's playing Wolverine. And I don't know. If you, I don't know if you remember when he was a special guest on Raw. Dude can wrestle. Wow, he's a good working punch. Unlike Schwarzenegger, who threw that, that, that wide right backhand on Triple H and just missed him by a mile, he was hoping the camera angle was right, right behind him. Um, Hugh Jackman's got a good working punch. Yeah. So I'll throw Hugh Jackman so, in there. Who you got? So my head's making me go Matthew McConaughey in a Matt Riddle kind of way. All right, all right, all right, all right, like, all right. Like slow Texas kind of just all right. And the and minute he he's gets in the ring, too. he's lights out, right? He's, he's a big fan as well. Yep. I, I, I've seen him mark out for stuff with John Cena with The Rock. Like, I've, I've seen him. He knows his stuff. Um, and if you, oh, 
if you've ever seen a movie called Reign of Fire with Christian Bale, Gerard Butler before he was Gerard Butler, and Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's nearly unrecognizable. Yeah. He's shaved got a head draw, and a beard. Shaved, sh- shaved ball. He looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. and he's jacked in this movie. You want to see Matthew McConaughey, how he would look as a wrestler? Go watch Reign of Fire. That's Matthew McConaughey as a wrestler. Kicking ass, killing dragons with a giant battle axe. Also, that movie's a lot of fun. It's, it's, that movie's it's ridiculous, a badass movie. but it's a lot of fun. They didn't have the budget to do the third act properly. Yeah. The, the, the studio pulled the plug on them, so they had to make do. And as a result, the third act doesn't go as big as they wanted to go. Like they, you know, but it's still a sweet movie. Yeah. yeah. Check out Reign of Fire. Uh, okay, did we do two? Ma- we didn't do a female. Um, we didn't do a female yet. Um, obviously, Charlize Theron would be the obvious choice. We were talking about her last yeah. week. But let's try and find someone else besides Charlize Theron. Oh, I got one for you. Oh, uh, okay. uh, uh, come on, Nick. What's her name? She was a UFC fighter. She did some stunts, and she was in the running for Wonder Woman. I cannot, rem- I cannot remember her name. Gina, um, come on, dude. Help me out. I do, uh, you got me. I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, man. She's done a couple of little indie action movies, but she's she's an ex-MMA fighter. Oh, man. She would walk in and whoop Shayna Baszler's ass. I would love to see ah, that. Ah, ah, not ah. Gina Gershon. Okay. Don't, it's not Gina. Uh, well, you can you can have her do anything you want, and I'll, I'll sit there and watch it. Oh, God. Gina, Any fans of Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly, go watch uh, Bound. Gina Carano. The first movie Gina Carano. Gina, Gina Carano, I do know. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I do know who you're talking about. Ooh. Yup. Ooh. There's my female. She's got the look. <laughs> She's got the skills. She's got the talent. Yep. I'm not mad at you. Yep. I'm not mad at you. Um, okay, quick, quick. Uh, and I'll sneak one in here. What about Janine, and I forget her last name, Hinden Mueller, Hinden Janine, the woman who played Vasquez in Aliens? Oh. Hey, Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? Uh, like, yes, I know she was playing brown face in that movie, but how badass was she? Just kick your ass. Uh, uh, God. Jeanette Goldstein. Jeanette Goldstein. Thank you. Yes. She was also the mom in Terminator yes. 2 and or the stepmom. Yep. And she was the 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 one of the vampire leaders with uh, Lance Henriksen and Near Dark. She did a ton of stuff. She was in a ton of stuff. She was in Titanic. One of the anyway. Neither here nor there. We're going off on a tangent. Yes. 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 Uh, very good question, Uncle Greg. Thank you for that one. Uh, Esme, the booby champ, is up. Hello, fellas. Hope you're both set well and safe. Heard a rumor that Vince wants to start pushing younger talent on the main roster. If I can be frank, it would seem that WWE... If I can be serious I thought you for a resume. minute... <laughs> Sorry. And don't call me Frank. Don't call me Lance Storm. Uh, if I can be frank, it would seem that WWE can't even manage long-term storytelling, so I have no clue how they can push anyone. What are some key things WWE could do to ensure that someone's push will be successful? Interestingly enough, that rumor had no source. Uh, we looked at that, and I actually thought about having that be part of the uh, the news show, and it was an unsourced rumor, so we didn't actually we didn't actually go with it. Um, but that being said, if it's true, if you know someone does have a, an in with someone at WWE and they know that for some reason, let's just say on the out chance that it's true, uh, 
Um, I, Grand Metalik is is their first attempt. Not exactly <laughs> like younger were, talent. They were doing it. Well, he's younger, but he, you know what I mean. Like that's it's newer talent, but they were already doing it. Alistair was getting pushed. Apollo was getting pushed. Cedric Alexander was getting pushed. Ricochet. And then they would stop starting it for how long? Like, you want to push them, push them. Don't stop, start the booking. You had Alistair Black and Ricochet win the Dusty Classic and then did nothing. Have an idea of what you want them to accomplish. Have a goal and don't stop, start book. Don't get hot and cold and then one week just drop it and then try to bring it up a few weeks later and try it again. They're doing that now with Shayna Baszler, and they're trying to heat Shayna Baszler back up now after having her off TV for two months, and they're going to have an uphill battle on that. You had her hot, scary, people were talking about her, and then gone. Ricochet, everyone was loving him, and all of a sudden, jobs to Brock Lesnar, he's down on main event, and now he's kind of coming back, but doesn't have that that luster he had before. That's If you want to push somebody, push him. Keep it consistent. Matt Riddle's a great example. That's how you push somebody. Yep. Good point. And you don't have to have them be the center of the program. Just find an interesting program to work them with. You can even have them lose to somebody like AJ Styles. He looked good in that loss. It set his level. That's how you do it. So, and now if they can keep it consistent, if they can keep Matt Riddle, the way that the the, the trajectory that looks like the happening with him, where he's going to be facing new people every week, good. That's and and looking good every week. That's how you do it right there. Yep. Consistency, um, commitment, commitment, Nick. Commit. Commit to it. Yep. And and you know what? It's probably one of the ways that they got Bray to come back and to do the thing that he did. He probably marched in there and said, "I'm I'm I will go all out on this, but I need two years, and I need you to commit to it." Right. And there was probably a a, a backdoor handshake sort of agreement that okay, show me what you all got. Right. And he came out swinging last summer. And here we are a year later. Holy smokes. Can you imagine not having what we've had over the last year with The Fiend and Bray Wyatt and The Funhouse and all that stuff, what we got at Mania? Like, holy smokes. Who would have predicted? Who would have predicted Bray Wyatt would be one of the biggest things in WWE right now? I wouldn't have. Mm. Uh, It's just commitment. So thank you, Esme. Great question. Hope you're doing well. Yes. Uh, next up, Josh asks, uh, do you see all these uh, new signings by Impact as a change in their landscape towards a better product, or did they just capitalize on the current state of things? Um, you could certainly take the element that they picked up everybody's sort of throwaways, their, their dirty leavings, the, the, one, the toys that they didn't want to play with anymore. Um, I think that would be short-sighted. Um, I think there. What we what we forget is that WWE went on this bender, just gobbling up all of the talent to be dicks and hoard all the talent <laughs> over the last five years and yep. just sign them all to cut big money contracts because they could because they had the billions yep. and they they just signed them all and then did nothing with them. So it wasn't. It was a big shock to me that they let a lot of them go, but at the same time, it was it kind of made sense. Like I got it. Like I understood why. Sucks. It it does nothing. It takes nothing That's away business. from the people that Impact signed, uh, as far as their talent goes. It just what you have yeah. to remember is that WWE went on that tear, signing everybody just to hoard it and keep them away from other competitors. What was Josh's question again? Was it was this a, a change? Was it a change in Impact? Was all the new signings that by Impact a change in their landscape towards a better product? Or did they? Or are they just capitalizing? Are they pulling events and gobbling up talent? Yes, 
Both. Both. Honestly, honestly, both. They're capitalizing on the state of things. The fact there's a lot of high-level talent people want eyes on, people will follow. They're taking advantage of that. They're also bolstering their product with some some more talent. Yeah. So and and look, I mean, their their ratings are way up this week. People are watching them. It worked. So I can't be mad at them for being opportunistic. There is the danger. There's all there was always the impression that oh yeah, TNA. It's a place you go when you wash out of WWE. There's the the danger of that impression being there. But I feel like there's an, like enough time has passed where there's some goodwill. And a lot of people have that goodwill towards people that were let go because there's the impression that WWE was misusing them or not using them at all. And not that they washed out, just that there wasn't enough room, like you said, yeah. Nick, because WWE was overstacked. So I actually think that Impact's in a great position here. Also, they're running shows. Ring of Honor is not. So they're also the only other game in North America besides AEW and WWE. They're the alternative to the alternative. They're in a great position right now to really bolster their views. And one of the ways they're doing that is by doing stunt hires that also, beyond being stunt hires, are actually good business decisions in the long term because they're good talents. Yep. So, yeah, no. Uh, loving, loving the impacts getting this, this right now. This is win-win-win across the board for all of us as fans. Uh, competition win, 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 competition win. breeds success. Uh, it breeds a better product. It makes everybody work harder. Um, it makes everybody enjoy the product that much more, and it makes you take things seriously. When it was just WWE for the last 20, 20 years, it was, yeah, we had Ring of Honor and TNA out there, and it was kind of watched. But it, it wasn't taken as seriously, I don't think, as what WWE was putting on. They were at the top of the mountain. Now AEW right. is giving them a run for their money. Legit. Like, every single week is giving them a run for their money. And now you have Impact show up with this great roster as well and put on a baller-ass slammiversary. Now all of a sudden you got three. And th now things start to get a little bit interesting again because are we back at that 2010 time frame where Impact is kind of knocking it out of the park? Ring of Honor's got all the champs and all the big names that are the up-and-comers. And WWE is floundering a little bit. Are, are we back at that sort of inflection point here again 10 years later where we have all of this talent coming up out of these lower brands? I, I don't. It feels like a big moment is about to happen. We're going to have more wrestling. Like you said at the top of the other show, Ian, we're in this golden era of wrestling. We're spoiled we for so choice. And there's, Even in a pandemic, there's yeah, still so much out there. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, in the chat, Will said, all but Anderson are former TNA Impact talent. They kind of know what to work with. Well, he and Heath. He's never been right. there. But yeah, a lot of a lot of this is returning to the fold. Yep. So, I, and and as a result, it's kind of like I'm welcome home kind of thing. Yeah, it's a good thing for us as fans. And yeah, if you if it's you're all like good. if you haven't like go watch Slam Anniversary and start there. It's a great starting point to it on is. your to begin your weekly viewing of 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 Impact. Yep. So uh, I've seen a lot of people come out this week and go, "Wow, Impact!" And and, and their weekly show is really good too. Yeah. It was good follow up. Yep. And that's 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 the other thing. It's not just how you land the plane, but how you turn into the airport. Yep. <laughs> exactly. They did it. They did pretty well. Thank so. you very much, Josh. Good question. Uh, and finally, someone who likes to uh, pride themselves on being last, unlike Jacob being first. Uh, Marshall <laughs> likes to likes to be come in tie tie the bow on the show for us every single week. I love it. Uh, he says no yeah. question this week. I just want to praise y'all and this whole community for keeping things so positive, even when it's tough sometimes. Love you guys and gals. Mm. Love you too, Marshall. Thank you, brother. 
Thank you, brother. Amen. Amen. I want to praise everybody, too. Yep. And, and also send a lot of that love towards Martin. Apparently, he's having a rough time right now. Yep. So send him some love his way. Send a love to everybody out there. Anyone who's having a hard time, much love from us. Um, and, and thank you for listening. And thank you for hanging with us and being a part of this. Because, you know, this, this is all of us in this together. Yep. yep. So thank you, Marshall. Well said. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the love. Love back, man. Definitely. Well, guys, it's thunderstorm and outside, and I got to figure out how to go mow the grass in it. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, it's going to be a Woo. fun time. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. Oh my God, Will, <laughs> Will, <laughs> Will, coming in and dropping bombs. Twenty bucks in the super chat. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Will. Uh, I echo the thankful sentiments. Have a great weekend, everyone. You too, man. Thank, Thank you, you so man. much you for that. You too, Will. Very nice, of you man. Thank you so much. We're gonna get out of here, guys. Everybody have a great weekend. Go watch. Uh, what was the the match you were talking about from uh, Sengoku God? Uh, uh, oh, watch watch Hiromu versus Evil. Hiromu versus Evil. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna be oh, doing tonight. Emotions, emotions, Woo. emotions. You need more of them emotions like you got from uh, Keith Lee and uh, DiJack. You need emotions. Oof. I hope you've been watching New Japan. There's emotions going on over there. Woo. Oh, boy. Oh, man. We're going to get out of here. BWOPodcast.com. You guys know where to find all of our stuff. It's down in the description below here on YouTube. Make sure you're in the Discord. Heads up. We're moving to Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're following us over there. We will be starting next Saturday, a week from today. So all of that good stuff. Uh, get into the Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWOPodcast. And the namesake of this show is Patron Mailbag. And to get into get mm. your questions in every week, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for just that $5 tier. You can ask your question every Every single week, and we will answer it right here on the show. Plus, bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff, or all kinds of exclusive rewards over at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.